Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Got a hottie. <laughs> Way. Oh. And a nice glass of red Look wine. Look how much is in it. That's all right. Look at the size of mine. <laughs> oh. I can't see. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. 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 I'm, see? I've got. Gone the-, the days when I would have had a whole bottle by now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we are. Totally good. Turn the fish bowl full. I need uh, you, you. I'm surprised you didn't need that to get through the film. To be honest, well, it is. Oh. To be fair, that's, well, I, I was just going to hold that. I know you know. Don't spoil it till we get going. But my final comment just says 90 minutes of my life that I won't get back. <laughs> um, yeah, did someone suggest this film? Yes. Uh, yeah, there are people who were like saying, mm. oh, "Well, you said you was going to do this. Could you please do this oh. one?" And you know, it's going to be a crap one yes. if people are wanting to do it. And loads of people got very excited when I said we was doing it. Yeah. And like, I oh, think yeah. that uh, I'm going to mention at some point that these people should be banned from listening to the podcast. In Britain, an ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts. Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General Witchfinders. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, welcome back to the 31st episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. I'm James in Bournemouth in Southern England. Oh, I'm John Poutney. I'm still in South Wales, which is still in the south of Wales. Uh, I'm Ross in Dorchester in Southern England. And this time we bring you the legend of the seven gold vampires. From Warner Brothers, who crashed the action barrier with Enter the Dragon, comes a new dimension in Black Belt Thrills. As Hammer, masters of horror, 
and the Shaw Brothers, masters of Kung Fu, join forces to create the first martial arts horror spectacular ever filmed. The whispered word is vampire. The horror is real and very close. What you must understand is that they are already dead. I'll fall before them and you too will be eternally damned. Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Starring Peter Cushing and Julie Edge. Filmed entirely on location in Hong Kong. And co-starring David Chang, a new Kung Fu champion in the Black Belt Hall of Fame. Strike in their heart! My brothers cannot survive another attack, Professor. We've destroyed half their number. We know these creatures can die. Don't give up now. It's a fight to the death against the sevenfold forces of evil. As Hammer and the Shaw Brothers together create the first martial arts horror spectacular ever filmed. The martial arts horror film The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires was released in 1974. It stars Peter Cushing as Professor Van Helsing. Christopher Lee, oh no, hang on a minute, actually John Forbes Robertson. As uh, Count Dracula. Uh, and Ross has put, not the son of Johnson Forbes Robertson, but apparently he did play <laughs> Mr. Badger in two episodes of the BBC's seminal Johnny Briggs. Dracula or not Johnson Forbes Robertson. Oh, who's Johnson Forbes uh, Robertson? Don't know. Apparently, um, the, the Wikipedia <laughs> made, 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 made a point that, that it wasn't his, 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 his son. All right, Johnny Kurtz. All right, okay, fine, 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 fine. Okay, Robin Stewart as Leyland Van Helsing, who apparently appeared in 29 episodes of less than middling uh, soap, Sons and Daughters, the sort of thing that you would watch if you were homesick oh, from school. Oh, oh, in the Sons and Daughters, daughters. Was it Australian? I, I think I so. so. Yeah. Was it in the war? Like this? That's, that was the, that was no. Sullivan's. That was the Sullivan's. That was good. Oh yeah. my god! I'm still traumatized by the yeah, episode of the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the Sullivan's that's set in the first, the actual the train. 
Am I confusing that with something? I'm confusing that with something else. Was Mrs. Mangling the Sullivans? Yeah, she was. Yes, yeah. I thought so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're already diverted, we, <laughs> and for the and for the best, let's say. Yes, um, uh, Julie Ige as Vanessa Buren, and Ross has noted that she was the 1962 Miss Norway. Yeah, and competed in the Miss Universe pageant, and she was awarded the title "The New Sex Symbol of the 70s <laughs> by the head of Hammer Film Studios. Oh. To James Carreras. Oh, no. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, Hammer <laughs> featured her as a not so glamorous prehistoric woman in the Creatures the World Forgot from 1971. Oh. The film was a flop, just like this. But Julie went on a round the world publicity tour and became a leading pinup model, apparently. She lived for six years in the 1970s with Tony Bramwell, former assistant to the Beatles, and later a successful record and film music promoter. <laughs> the next door neighbor was. Brian May, <laughs> astrologer, badger protector, uh, and a guitarist. Of the badger, 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 badger. No, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm, I must apologise. He's not astrologer. He's an astronomer. Yes. yes. Dreadful, he dreadful might be out. an astrologer sorry. as well, but... He might be. He might be keeping it quiet with Anita Dobson. <laughs> right. But to date, she is the only Norwegian James Bond girl, and she appeared in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And then Ross has got less... Um, facts about the supporting cast because <laughs> he's just put Shen Chan as car, David Chiang as uh, he, he's he, oh, fuck him, I'm fucked up already. <laughs> David 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 Chiang as Si Ching and Susie as Mi Kuei. All of them apparently stars of innumerable Asian mu- movies. Ross, that is very. I didn't do my homework as a man who marks a lot of homework. <laughs> Can I just say, just putting innumerable Asian movies, that well, does I not sound like... Well, I could list loads of them off, but no one would, would recognise them I am at all, unless you're like an officiado of the A Thousand right. Films, which the yep. um, Shaw Brothers made. The it pranks out, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. really? The, yeah, they yeah. made over A Thousand Films. At one time, they were the biggest independent um, yes. studio in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They did all the Bruce, early Bruce Lee movies. So. Watching this film, it's definitely uh, quantity over quality with these guys, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the film began development due to Don Houghton's father-in-law, knowing Hong Kong film producer Run Run Shaw. Who, fact fans, also um, was one of the producers on one of my favourite films of all time, Blade Runner. No Which way. Is one of, yes, 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 yeah, he's one of the producers of Blade Runner. From the ridiculous to the sublime. Uh, Houghton flew to Hong Kong to discuss a project with Run Run and his brother Run Me, who agreed to finance 50% of the film. It was shot between October the 22nd and October the 23rd. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> October the 22nd and December the 11th, 1973, at the uh, Shaw Brothers Studios in Hong Kong. Uh, the Shaw brothers were not happy with how Roy Ward Baker, director of Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde, yeah. Scars of Dracula, The Vampire Lovers, and A Night to Remember. Titanic um, disaster because, biopic. Yeah. Um, so they weren't happy with how he was directing the film, and they had martial arts sequences choreographed by one of their studio directors, uh, Che Chang, uncredited. These additional scenes that led to the Eastern version of the film run at about 110 minutes. Oh, Christ. Jesus, webs. 20 (laughs) minutes longer than the UK version. Maybe they took some of the plot with them. Uh, René, is it René Glené? Or Mm. Glenny? René. Okay, so René Glené, who was the continuity supervisor for the film, stated that working with the Shaw brothers was 
a big experience due to language differences. <laughs> and the director, Roy Ward Baker, was constantly screaming at the Chinese <laughs> actors to stop spitting on set. In an interview in the late 1990s, Baker described the shooting of this film as a nightmare. <laughs> he discovered that Hong Kong films were made silent and looped in post-production. Of course, whoa, and etc. and sound effects such as that. Uh, due to the constant noise of traffic in Hong Kong oh and, and aircraft. He lamented that Peter Cushing was practically catatonic on set. Oh. And we all know why, yeah, dear listener. If you've listened to a couple of these, you know why he was catatonic on set in the 70s, yeah. having recently been widowed, but still wanting to do the film to give oh, him something to do. to do. On its release in the United States, the film was further truncated by another 20 minutes, <laughs> retitled The Seven Brothers Meet Dracula, which makes no sense whatsoever, and loops several remaining scenes to film the <laughs> runtime. And is that part of the, that, like the slow-mo sequences yeah. as yeah. well, do you think? Yeah, but also the bit they cut out was all the bits of Dracula in. So <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was cool, The Seven Brothers Meet Dracula, and then they removed Dracula altogether. I, it oh, makes yeah. no sense. This, uh, in all territories, the film, was a financial failure. This is the only Hammer Dracula movie not to feature Count Dracula's name in the title. Forbes Robertson, longtime stand-in for Big Chris Lee. Apparently, he was considered to fill the cape in Scars of Dracula before Lee was persuaded to return by a big suitcase full of money, yeah. no doubt, was furious when he discovered that he had been dubbed by David DeCaser. Oh, he's dubbed as he... Oh, Lee tried to talk Peter Cushing into not yeah. doing the project. That's a first. Yeah. <laughs> where, as he considered it below an actor of Cushing's mm. caliber. Lee told Cushing that Ralph Bates was willing to step in and do the film naked. No, no, sorry. That's me just adding that in. Because of uh, Women in Love and him wrestling. Uh, uh, him, uh, what's his name? Ollie. Oliver Reed. Thank you. Uh, if Cushing wanted to back out, but Cushing that's replied Alan that he Bates. thought that. Yes. Oh, yeah, oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Too many mates. I did wonder where you were going with that then, James. <laughs> that. And, and then he went and wrote The Darling Buds of May. Oh, no, wait, sorry. That's <laughs> mates. Sorry. Right, but Cushing replied that he thought the change of scenery might help his ongoing grief and use depression. Uh, listener Marty, who is uh, Marty Ross writer at the soon-to-be-dead Twitter, points out that there is an audio version narrated by Peter Cushing that was released as an LP. I gazed about the dreadful place I saw the cauldron in the seven slabs of stone. I thought the nightmare was ended, and yet a cold draught of air rushed its way through the temple. And then the very walls of the place vibrated with the sound of a giant gong. I turned and saw the shrouded outline of Ka, high priest of the temple. And as I watched, he stretched out a hand to me. On the index finger was the ring of Count Dracula. Ka's face seemed to dissolve in an oozing cloud of venom. The oriental features disappeared. And in their place was the lean, gaunt face of the arch-vampire. Almost majestically, he walked towards me, 
fixing me with his hypnotic gaze. His lips parted, the long, sharp fangs emerged. And then he stopped. His brow creased into a frown of fury. The first watery glimmer of dawn was cutting through the acrid dust of the temple. I took advantage of this distraction and launched myself at him. He flung me aside as though I were a floating leaf in the wind. My body crashed against the gong. As I fell, my trembling fingers touched the wooden shafted hammer that was used to strike it. Dracula moved towards me, carefully skirting the pools of light that were now appearing on the floor of the temple. His hands reached for my throat as I smashed the shaft of the hammer in two. It left me with a wooden stake, sharp and jagged at one end. As he leaned over me, I stabbed at his chest with all the strength I possessed. The sharp point entered his body, a velvet red blossom of blood fountained up from the wound. He tugged at the offending stake, and I thought for one ghastly moment he would wrench it free. But as he stepped back, his foot fell into a vivid pool of clear morning sunlight. And his whole body became engulfed in a cloud of smoke and fire. Nice. And listen, uh, listen to Christopher, who is uh, Arthurianism on the soon to be dead Twitter, but hello as well. Also, tweeted to point out that the line, look on me and remember, were delivered by Cushing's Van Helsing in Dracula mm. AD 1972. Mm. Nice. And, and Spock in. Um, uh, remember. It? That's just remember, oh, okay. in, in Wrath of Khan. Yeah. And we watched it recently. And then listen to Mal. Hello, Mal. Uh, Out of danger. Out of danger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's just it. <laughs> the needs of the, the many of the, uh, outweigh the needs of the, of the few. Or the one. Or the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Anyway, sorry. Listen to Mal, who's Mal. Uh, oh, don't get me going. Brilliant. <laughs> of all, of all the life forms I've encountered. <laughs> This was the most <laughs> human. <laughs> Just find a way to solve as they shove, the, shove them up the Amazing. end. Amazing. Oh, right, anyway. I, I considered having a torpedo as my coffin until um, the thing in Ready Number One, <laughs> the guy in the Ready Number One had it. So, Yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair what enough. happens in right. that? Okay. Ready Player One. Sorry, Ready Player yeah, One. Yeah. There's a, they, the, the, uh, one of the people in there has the, uh, Spox, the torpedo. To a torpedo. What happens torpedo. to him? He just has that as his coffin. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was buried alive or something, or he exploded. No, 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 but I just felt like, well, I thought it was, a, I thought it would be an original thought by me to have it, but then someone else did it. And it was like, oh. An original anyway, thought so, from a major, incredibly famous 40-year-old <laughs> sci-fi <yeah>. franchise. 
Yeah, this is all being cut out. Ooh, oh, anyway, oh, anyway <laughs> definitely now. So, uh, and listener Mal, who is on uh, Twitter at Mal3Gordon, recommends a, a contemporary BBC documentary called Fists of Fire, which features some behind-the-scenes footage and an interview with Chiang. So there you go, which I'm assuming is available on YouTube. It's on YouTube, yeah. yeah. Are any yeah. of these Great. listeners mentioned responsible for making us watch this aberration? <laughs> uh, one of them might be, but I'm not going to um, uh, name, name them. them. So I don't uh, want okay, to uh, give them too much grief. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Um, so somehow I've managed to get three pages of notes Yeah, I've got this. three pages, uh, but they're, they're oh, small well pages. Um, yeah. I think I should say now before we start in our last episode, mm. dear listener, we um, we kind of divulged what our least favourite films of all were. Mm. Is that true, Cleves? Yes, we did. You yeah. did a funny mm. face then. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I was trying to remember what they were, what the uh, what it was. I, and I, I was can't remember what it was, but that's fine because this is now my least favourite film <laughs> of all time. <laughs> of all time that we've done for this podcast, and probably of all time. So you've avoided this one for quite a long. For I've quite a avoided long time. this film for uh, over thirty years. Wow, as not being uh, in my mind a ca- canonical with uh, uh, the other Hammer films, and I think you can watching it, you can all also see the visible death throes of the British film industry mm-hmm. until the late nineteen nineties, yeah. really, can't you? Um, yeah. it's just mad. I was watching um, Hell Drivers the other day on uh, Talking Pictures, which is a B movie with Stanley Baker, William yes. Hartnell, Herbert Lom, yeah. uh, Sean Connery, sure. uh, Sid James. Amazing cast. It was a B yeah. movie. It's a brilliant film. And then you look at something like this and you just think, what on earth was going on? It's just such a major cash in yes. on, and just, every, yeah. yes. every element, isn't it? So what because is I, I think popular? Just in case for, for our younger listener, if, if, if they do it, because every now and then we like to think, you know, it's one for the teenagers. Yeah. But I think we need to just point out, just in case people know that there was, a, like, off the back of Bruce Lee, there was a huge boom yes. in sort of kung fu and martial arts in the yeah, 70s. Yeah, 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 in Great yeah. Britain. And to this day, sort of magazines such as Combat and things like that, which was like really <laughs> cheaply made, black and white, no colour images. Yeah. But, you know, up until you know, the death of the magazine industry, really, you know, up, up until the 1990s, yeah. it was still like a really big draw. Yeah. And it was obviously watching it, it was like this film was made that like someone at Hammer's just gone, yeah, oh, Kung Fu's popular. Let's do some sort of Kung Fu horror Chuck thing. Yeah. Shit in. Um, and then the Shaw Brothers going, yeah, well, we'll chuck half of the money in. Yeah. yeah. Can we just have some Kung Fu, can we have some contractually <laughs> objected Kung Fu sequences? I, oh, and it's, yeah, all right. You look at what the Americans are doing in terms of like Rosemary's Baby, uh, mm, yes. The Exorcist, which is around yes. this time. Um, wow. Omen, oh, which I think was two uni- years later. Oh, and you just man, think, and you can see, universe. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just see like where they're just going wrong. And it's like, could they see it? Could they manifest how wrong it was going? Or I, I think they were they not could... aware and they just thought, let's just keep going. Uh, you I know. think it was a case of um, they could tell from the returns from the box office. Yes. And I think it was just like gra- grasping at anything that they could get. Do you remember mm. um, there was a Spider-Man film which was uh, had they brought out, which had a yes. massive um, sort of Kung Fu. Yes. Something the dragon yeah. is in the title, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember that. No. But yeah, I think. Um, Oh, this is one of two um, Hammer 
Shaw Brothers um, co-productions oh, really? they did. The other one, it's a film called Shatter, which is like a, yes. a cult Ooh. film. Have you seen that? It's song? a thriller. It, that's on um, Talking Pictures quite often. I've recorded it. I've never made it past the first 10 minutes. It's a bit mm. like this. Ooh. It's incoherent. Yeah. There's just, I mean, we can go into this. It, it, how much How much detail do people want well, us to go into? The, well, there's not a lot of detail. It's not, I think there's probably about four plot points in this. So the film starts off with an internally long um, uh, opening of a... My first note is, at the end, it does say this film was shot entirely in Hong Kong. But it starts <laughs> off with the, with, the, with the caption, Transylvania. Transylvania. And, and what I put is, and, and I've been to Romania and I've been to Castle Dracula and I'll just said, that's not Transylvania, yeah. I'll warrant <laughs> yeah. at the start. And Mike got it. It's just so not anything no. like Europe in any way. Shape it just or looks form. incredibly sunny and, and hot for a start, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And kind and of um, like, ah, a long stumbling intro. Of, yeah, the, the intro yes. is really boring. It's stupid. There's a terrible um comp shot of like a castle on top of a yeah. hill, which is the castle's kind of moving and floating of its own accord and looks a totally different sure, colour yeah. to what's around it. Um, the like, like in a very strange video game. Yeah, you can tell immediately like yes. it's all ADR, can't you? With the, with yes. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, none um, of it feels very Hammer at all. But then the music comes in, which is James Bernard mm. or Bernard. I'm not. I'm never sure how you pronounce it. Mm. So it f- starts to feel like uh, uh, from the beginning for me, it feels like a very weird um, uh, thing done for like children in need <laughs> when they'll do yeah. like. <laughs> You know, like Doctor Who visits Albert Square or, you know, so it'll be this weird clash of like things that you don't necessarily want to clash. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, a a Chinese man is climbing up a hill, isn't he? Uh, In Transylvania. He's making his way to Transylvania. He he scares the one Transylvanian that we see in the film. He's not credited, I don't think. He's got a very strange hat on. Um, Then he finds his way into Castle Dracula. Which is all um, lit with green and red lights. Which- yeah, which is lit like a kind of um, disco in yeah. Guernsey in 1999 we, we- that I went to. <laughs> 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 what sort of music were they playing, John? Was it like generic pop or, or was it? You know, I would have it said like it was uh, My Chico Latino by Jerry Halliwell. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, that's I would have said it was um, What I Am by Emma Bunton. Oh, Spice Girls solo careers, plenty. Um, I would have hoped for something like "Sing It Back" by Maloko, but I don't think that was involved. Mm. I, I would no, say, no. I would say, hand on heart, and I'm willing to die for this, that the best summer of pop music ever was the summer mm. of 1999, and that's not just because I was at my peak Ooh. age of 21. Go yeah. back and look at it. There's some interesting absolute it, yeah, bangers yeah. released in that year. Ricky Martin. <laughs> Living a Vida yeah. Loca. Um, Amazing, of course, right? Mam- b- b- Mambo number five. <laughs> yeah. Flat Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wazoo. So the top seller of that year was Baby One More Time, Britney Spears, which obviously I'm not that yeah. fussed about. Mm. But you also had some great uh, stuff. Living La Vida Loca. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, that don't impress me much. Sweet Like Chocolate. Wow. Um, flat Beat. Mr. Uzo. Yeah. Oh, we don't know that one. Mm-hmm. What's that? Um, yeah, yeah, you know that. Eric it was on Ross. an advert, Cleves. For what? Do, it's do, the Levi's Flat Eric. Do, 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 oh, with Flat Eric. Do, do, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, 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 do. Um, 
we've got perfect moment. M- Martin McCutcheon. McCutcheon, oh. this is no, my one and only moment. number one. Um, boom, 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 boom. Venger Boys. Did anyone oh, else no record song. that Martin McCutcheon song? Or was, it, was that no, a cartoon? No. No, Maybe you did. Was, oh, I sing it quite a lot, <laughs> but not realizing it was um, a Martin McCutcheon song. This is my moment. <laughs> um, no Scrubs TLC. Oh, cute. Um, Tender by Blur. Oh yes. Ooh. Ooh. Sunscreen Baz Luhrmann. Wow. I can remember going and buying. I can remember going and buy Tender and playing it in our um, little room at, uh, at college. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember that as well. Mm. Um, uh. King of my castle, Wamdu project. Oh yes, I don't know. <laughs> there's some, there's some absolute bang- wild, wild, wild west. Yeah, by um, uh, Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith. <laughs> um, Maria that, by that- Blondie Cleaves. When yes. we went to see Oi. them. Yeah, yeah good job. Uh, so it was I- a great. There's, there's a lot that's not on this list because these are the biggest sellers, mm. but um. Beautiful Stranger by Madonna. Yeah, great. Oh, yes. yeah, and the, as we the, know, the, the, uh, that was Blondie's <laughs> only number one. It was Maria in this country. Yeah, we look. No, we look, they've had like five number ones in the UK. I'm sure we talked about this previously. No, not well, on this podcast. Yes, we have. No, 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 no. Anyway, no. they've uh, had uh, loads uh, of number ones. Yeah. Atomic. Um, All right, okay. Well, we're gonna have to look. I'm probably gonna break the computer looking at this. <laughs> Don't right. Let's get on with okay. this fucking vampire. Yeah, 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 yeah. James, what were you yeah. gonna say? Bit. Oh before? no, no. Just it, my my missus very very quickly is that Spotify released the thing saying. Oh, based on our streaming service, here is from each year since 1955. Here is mm. the most popular record with Spotify listeners from that year. And yes. you can go through the 1950s. It's things like Johnny B. Good and things like and Heartbreak Hotel. And you just go, yep, 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 yep. All the way, and then you go through the 60s. Like, yes, I know all of those songs. Yeah, great. All the way through the 60s. Yeah. Yes, I know all yeah. of those songs. All the way through the 80s, 90s. And then they're, they're like the, the, uh, the, the Norseys, you go, yep. And then I get to 2010, I'm like, I've got no idea what any of these no, fucking it, records That's are. exactly what that, I did as well, James. That's the point where I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't it's care all anymore. like <laughs> Dipstick featuring Bing. Rotten Dog <laughs> or like Pussy and, Mama and, feet, Broken Finger jive. <laughs> um, Ed, Ed, Ed Sheeran. Uh, no chorus yes. or yeah. something like Ed Sheeran oh, that featuring oh, everyone. Of- <laughs> 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 I'm aware of someone called Lewis Capaldi, but I've got no idea what what he does. I, I, he's Doctor he Who's son us. for a start. <laughs> is he? He's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's Peter he, Capaldi's son. It's not his son, but yeah. they are related. They are related. No, it's his son, isn't it? <laughs> it's not it's his son. No, that they're, they're they're like cousins, I think. Because I looked, I swear I went- to God, it's his son. Peter Capaldi is actually his second coven once removed. Oh, I thought that Peter Capaldi or Capaldi was his actual father. I'm no. really disappointed. Oh, yeah, but they are related. Because again, there's only so <laughs> yeah. many Capaldi's. Well, David Tennant's son's yeah. in um, the new Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, isn't he? He's, really? Yeah. Yeah, and there's a picture of him today from the London convention, like stood over the back of him saying, oh, he's not that special, or holding up a side saying he's not that special. But he does, oh, okay. um, the he does that is because um, uh, Peter Davison does that for him when he's uh, uh, Oh, thank you for explaining that. Yeah. Terrible bats. So bats that don't flap. Yes. Um, yeah, so we, we get the, the return of the bats right from Scars so of Dracula. Yeah. Yes. Stupid and makeup and Christopher Lee's wig. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, because <laughs> he goes to uh, the the, chi- the the Chinese gentleman uh, goes to Dracula's coffin once again as before. In so many, you know, handily says Dracula on it or D, doesn't it? 
prostates and, and stuff. Yeah. Lo and behold, yeah. and I have went to put down, enter Big Chris Lee, but then what <laughs> I've put is, oh, now this is what happens when you order Big Chris Lee off of Wish. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you get, I was like, wait a minute, that's not Christopher Lee. Oh. And then, as you said, Ross, this is uh, th- this is somebody else with unbelievable yes. makeup. Yeah, it's it's like yes. when like when small kids play around with makeup, isn't it? Like, yeah, his lipstick is ridiculous. Although it's there's two, two elements of this I did enjoy: the way he came mm. up out of the coffin like Nosferatu. Well, he does yeah. the Nosferatu thing, but they cut away from that bizarrely, don't they? Yeah, and then he kind of glides down the step in steps in a way that is very. It's like, but I was thinking both of those things were done in um, Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ward Coppola, wasn't they? The mm. way um, he took um, Harker off of the um, off of the uh, yes. the carriage and everything, and I was wondering, it, yeah. was this one of the films that Francis Ford Coppola watched in order to? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I doubt. Yeah, but it was. Um, yeah, I think I so. I thought those two bits. I was like, oh. Awful makeup. I, I quite like those little touches. The makeup is we, unforgivable and it's really just. I was trying to work out if it was just kind like, of like Chinese, kind of like Chinese opera style makeup or something. I don't know. It, degree, it, it looks totally theatrical, doesn't yeah. it? It looks like um, a, a Victoriana kind of. Oh, it's just awful. But you can see why that guy was pissed off. He finally gets to be Dracula on screen. <laughs> yeah. They put awful makeup on him and they dub his voice, you know, yes. and then cut him out of and, it when he's in America. Uh, yeah, and then he's only in two scenes anyway. Mm. Um, no, it's, it's pathetic. <laughs> right, right. But, but apparently so Dracula also, said he's confined, confined to Castle Dracula. Yes. Why? Uh, yeah, a Cleves, with a film like this, we can't reason with any of the plot lines at all, can we? Um, they're talking to each other. The guy's talking a Mandarin. Christopher Lee, even though he's in Transylvania, is talking English. But they can still understand each other. Yeah. I love the way like, you're still putting Chris Lee, even though it isn't Chris Lee. Oh, yeah. yeah. It might as well be. Yeah. <laughs> it's Dracula Chris Lee is the same. I've got to this say that. This guy actually I, has more dialogue than Christopher Lee in Dracula <laughs> Prince of Darkness, where Christopher Lee has no dialogue at <laughs> exactly, all. Exactly. I've got to say, though, growing up, I used to get really frustrated when they showed pictures of Chris Lee as Dracula. We was like, that's not Dracula. Bela Lugosi's yeah. Dracula, but since we've been doing this podcast, there is oh. now only one Dracula oh. for me, so I think it's completely rewired my brain. Mm. Mm. And mm. what we then get, when he, he, he then gives it the whole why have you come to see Dracula, etc, etc, yes. and he says I've walked the, so basically across half of the world's landmass yeah. so he yeah. walks yeah. to Transylvania to say, oh, Check there were up. once seven vampires that were, you know, <laughs> Majestic, or whatever he says, and they're but they've virtually died out now. And I need your help, oh mighty Dracula! And I'm telling you right now, my reading of this line is way better than what you're actually getting. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm no actor. Trust me, I've had a go. Yes. I'm no actor, but my god! Uh, <laughs> All we can say is that the Chinese actors in this film aren't potentially professional actors, are they? I think they're more kung fu um, kung performers. Fu- Yes. And he basically says, come. And, so, and what I've written down, and Ross, this might have to be a cut out bit. I don't know. But what I put is, is Dracula will fix it for you. Uh, Instead of Jim will fix it for you. He's basically, dear Dracula, will you fix it for me to bring back the seven golden vampires to Szechuan province? Yeah. <laughs> and come on, and, on, and allow my Cub Scout group. 
That's <laughs> what <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to say, Joel. And allow my Cub Scout group to eat fast food on a roller coaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drink milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> or was it milkshake? <laughs> oh, that's going to be so anyway. So yes, um, and then the dra- then Dracula says yes, I will. But the deal is this: yeah. I am going to take over your body and yes. go and oversee this project myself. He's quite insulting. And still, I'm going to take your hideous yeah. form or something like. Well, that's yeah, what. Yeah, well, yeah, Ross, yeah, yeah. Ross, I wrote this down. Yeah. And what I put is, he says, I need your miserable carcass. <laughs> and I, what I put is Dracula's Tinder technique in some work. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would work. Uh, all I wrote. That would work at 2am yeah. in Jumpin' Jacks, wouldn't it, John? I think that would work in Jago's cleaves. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, all, um, all I've written down at this point is basically Dracula wants a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> he does! <laughs> <laughs> he does! Because it's just like, and then, I'm stuck here. I just, you know, I, I oh, actually. If I pretend to be an Asian. I don't have to, you know, if I go in your body, I could get out. And it's like, it's not explained why he's confined there. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, it's very disappointing that this is a Don Houghton script because there there isn't really a script no. or a narrative at all, is there? No. Um, no. So I was they, hoping they there'd be something to. in it, but there there is nothing. No. And then he then says, right, I'm going to take you over. And then what I put is he then stands on a turntable of doom. Mm-hmm. He just like <laughs> rotates very slowly, like he's in a microwave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he kind of, Dracula kind of <laughs> takes over his body. But I do love a bit of coloured smoke. Yes. Coloured smoke. Yeah. Okay. It's always a wonder. And of course it's coloured smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's then, a no expense it, spent transformation, <laughs> isn't it? That's right. Well, that's and then what later. I put down is that Dracula's powers, their myriad powers, Unfortunately, they don't extend to effective lip sync. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> his lip like the Chinese actors and the voiceover is so out. Yeah. It's not a little yes. bit out. Even when he says Dracula in the voiceover, <laughs> his mouth doesn't get anywhere close to Dracula. You get the so like like music, though, Tarantula. Yeah. You do? Well, that's, what, that's something I wanted to pull up, which is later on in the film, you basically have... All of the hits of it's a bit like a Star Wars film where you've got Leia's theme, Luke's theme, mm. Han Solo's theme, but it's all just the, the scores from previous films that are kind of dubbed in, yeah. just to fill bits out yeah. at some point. Yeah. Where where there's one bit later on where one of the vampires decomposes in the middle of a fight scene, yeah, for no reason. And you have the kind of yeah, you have the death of Dracula music from a previous film, and and it cuts away from the fight scene for like twenty minutes. I think feels this was, like. I think this is like yeah, it was the cheapest um, film they could make from all the fag ends of anything they had yeah, laid yeah, and everything yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 please, yeah, yeah, please, yeah. Christopher, please be in it, Christopher. Yeah, there's uh, yeah. Uh, well, my fantasy for this is where so uh, an amazing film idea for this would be uh, based on. Uh, a weekend where James Carreras, whoever it is, goes to Christopher Lee's house to try and convince him to be in this film. Yeah. And I think that would be an oh. amazing film. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing film. Used to make. Remember, do you yeah, remember yeah, when yeah, we yeah. pitched yeah. The, um, the, the time where uh, Christopher Lee and um, Peter Cushion go to film the uh, Horror Express and sleep in the same bed together? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they well, did. Can, uh, you know, we maybe established that, could be that a Yeah. All I've put is problematic images of China. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a bit where someone chops a... What does it say, James? I've just put COVID epicenter. <laughs> <laughs> because it cuts to a wet market. Yeah. And yeah. as we all know... Is that and what again, it is? I'm sorry. 
Yes, that's what it is, isn't right. it? So they, 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 oh. where they're killing animals live there for you. That's, is that that's what, what that's, that's what it, is that that's what what it is? is? Yes, yes. Right, okay. That that bit will be in the podcast. But there, there well, is a bit where they chop. It's true. That's what <laughs> it is. It's, 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 okay, but that that man has got to pay a billion pounds <laughs> just for saying yeah. that um, Sandy Hook was a fraud. So I don't yeah, want to be sued. Yeah. No. Yes. Well, I'm not saying that it, that that COVID started off in a wet market either. It's definitely not a bio weapon, as I I once said. Well, I've now I'm no longer a member of this particular gym. But I was once in a uh, a gym. Wait for it. Wait for it. This I was in a gym, gone, and of course, right there, in a particular in a sauna, and you know, enjoy, I love a sauna, mate. And I was, I was laying down, enjoying it, and there are two people coming in right at the start of COVID. Like, Ooh, what do you reckon on this is going on with COVID? And this one guy went, "Well, it's definitely a bioweapon made by China. Definitely, definitely a bioweapon." <laughs> and this, the other other person went, "Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you." And I was, and I, it's one of those times I really wanted to go. No, it's not. It's just not. That's not how these things. And they've been saying there's going to be one of these things for years. There was a BBC four four documentary yes. about it. With um, Alice Roberts, where she spread, spoke about pandemics, and it's like, oh, I can't be bothered. I've had a long day at work. She should have just released sauna. your own bioweapon in the, in the sauna as she left, James. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what you would have done, <laughs> but, any, anyway, any, anyway, but I did think, I was like, ooh, cut to a wet market, and my immediate thought was COVID epicenter. Yeah. So there's a bit and where then, they chop the head off a frog, and I think it's, mm. it's, it's depiction of Chinese people is very problematic for the Chinese market, probably, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Let's face it. And that's not a well, wet I, market. <laughs> I, well, I just, I just thought it was, it was just to show that 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 whole kind of like taking of life and things such as that, wasn't it? You know, kind of we're now in this that kind of environment. I don't know if you're reading. I don't know if you're giving a lot of credit. No, there. Probably, more probably, probably. Aren't, aren't Chinese people weird? I think that's basically. Yeah, okay, fine, yeah, fine, it, fine. <laughs> and and then it cuts to, and I put this was utterly ridiculous. You couldn't get away with this now. What I put is. Cut to Peter Cushing explaining Chinese history to Chinese people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, fuck off, Peter. a China person telling you, well, the whole thing about the history of England is <laughs> you guys are yeah. always fucking killing each other, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. Um, yeah. But it's a bit like, how can we shoehorn Peter Cushing into this? Yes. Scenario, isn't it? And and yes. at times in this film, I don't know what you two think, but I suspect greatly that he's wearing his costume from Daleks Invasion yes. of 2150. Yes, I was thinking this looks very Doctor-esque. D- yeah, I honestly, when he's wearing the kind of terracotta-coloured jacket, mm-hmm. I was like, either this is a massive coincidence mm-hmm. That they've gone for a similar outfit, or he's wearing the same jacket. Yeah, yeah. It looks really. I was coveting really that corduroy jacket, um, but yeah, I knew, a, yeah right. it, again, Peter looks great in this film. Yeah, he's he? not quite I mean, as I, I, emancipated. I, emancipated. I thought we're getting up to the era. He looks exactly like Moff Tarkin, Tarkin yeah. from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, See, yeah, I thought yeah, we're yeah, really yeah, getting yeah, close yeah, to Moff Tarkin. He looks like Grand Moff Tarkin. He hasn't got his. He hasn't got his slippers on, has he? No, he has not. No, no. Um, so yes, so Flashback. we learn, hold on Ross, we, we learned that the, the whole point about this whole thing, we haven't given any context to this, is that we cut to <laughs> Van Helsing <laughs> in China and Van Helsing has been asked by this Chinese university to talk about vampires and Van Helsing says, well, there is a legend that there are these seven vampires that terrorize the Chinese village and here's a story about them. 
Just to say though, they've asked it, him to come to they, an, they've asked him yeah. to come to China to talk about this. He goes all the way there, which would take would have taken freaking weeks. Yeah. Oh, forever. Yeah. 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 He starts Slow telling them and they, they start going, Oh, this is rubbish, and they all, all leave. This is yeah. they leave, they all walk out. Yeah. I think they're very rude young men. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But we then learn about what's the di- and I um to start off with, I was like, is this happening now? Is this a cut to this? No, 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 wait. This is all part of Van Helsing's narration. But like this is the original story of the seven vampires. And it cuts yeah. to what the deal was. And what I've just put is naked or semi-naked Chinese ladies. Yeah. Yeah. And and my next note is Ross will love this. Oh. <laughs> because bear, bearing in mind that that, that there aren't that many in the films that we've watched well, the that- general witch riders thus far, there aren't that many naked women. There's quite a lot of naked Chinese ladies. Their tops just get. I, I think I'm being unjustly maligned here. Uh, you know, I, I'm not the only <laughs> person here who, who, who likes boobs. But yeah, um, but their tops do get ripped off very, very quickly, and also they yes. are in that kind of weird torture. Um, SLM. Yes, which and I, I put that. It looks like they they're all sort of tied down and going ah! and sort of shouting for their lives, and at, at their feet in the middle. So they're arranged in a circular. So it's a, a circular configuration mm. and at their feet it looks like a massive thing of tizer yes which for our non <laughs> our non-british yeah, listeners is is a kind of like lemonade or like a red lemonade knockoff yeah. isn't it that's the best way mm. i think i could describe it but it just looks like a big old load of tizer but it's supposed to be blood so basically a, a then, father's gone i to, don't really know what's meant to be happening so there. a father's meant to be go, going to rescue his daughter who's been taken by the seven vampires to this like but um, he's gone um, with like a um a, 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 a gardening uh, implement <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a rake or something, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And he, uh, yeah, and he's got a bit of a limp, which, and he has a limp, which is sometimes there, sometimes not. Yeah. Yeah, he does quite a a shit job, let's face it, doesn't he? Yeah. But he, when he goes, when he breaks into the house and, um, to try and rescue his daughter, he manages to pull off one of the medallions off of the seven golden vampires, which, and it's quite a medallion. Yeah. Which is a ginormous. (laughs) Um, bats. metal bat when he takes off it's like the, the vampire springs a leak and all this steam yeah. comes out of him and then he disintegrates not explained so <laughs> the film Sorry. the film is a seven, but the film is called The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires one of the yeah. seven, seven golden vampires is killed in a flashback at the beginning of the film so there's only six golden vampires six yeah is that right? the legend Ross yeah and then he deflates. Yeah. He kind of deflates, doesn't he? For some reason, he lets a load of gas out of his belly button. Yeah. And then, it is bollocks. And, and then he runs it, off. But then there's one bit which I think was <laughs> actually... And then Hold he on. runs Ross, off. We should also point out that the daughter that he's trying to save is murdered. Yes. Yeah. And then he legs it. That's why he... That, and then, that's he, why and our, then he himself has his throat cut. cut. He's not the most he's, heroic guy, is he? Well, Shit. wait, wait, wait. Well, what happens is is that he runs back to his village, mm. and then the the remaining golden vampires, you know, in a, in a like, oh, how dare you? And I my point is, and this is the only thing which is like, oh, well, that's interesting. And then is that they then raise like this zombie army? Yeah, yes, that's my They're the bit. only things in this film that I like. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quite a yes. scare. I said it's like a, a David Lynch film because it goes in weird in slow motion, and they all they all yeah, start yeah, coming. Yeah. It's like David Lynch directed thriller at this point. These, and it's quite yeah. scary. But the thing is, 
That's being, but, doing it an awful lot yeah. of favours. But, but that boy, yeah. that man's being chased by horses. Yes, and he's got a limp. And it, and the and well, they, but that's what I'm saying. Sometimes he does. He just runs. Yeah. Sometimes runs. But, yeah. But he, um, he manages the music. The music as those um, creatures are resurrected is very similar to music from Plague of the Zombies mm. in a dream sequence in Plague of the Zombies. Oh. So I feel it might okay. be another bit of uh, copied and pasted uh, music, uh, yeah. incidental music from another film. But, uh, but that, I and, will agree that that's probably the best part of the film, isn't it? In order to summon the zombies, the golden vampire or the guy who Dracula has taken over, Gustavo does, but Dracula was yeah, he's Dracula for all intents and purposes. Is he 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 hits a gong repeatedly, and my note is. He's hitting that gong like a primary school kid on a chime bar. <laughs> I mean, we all remember that. If, if you didn't have a go on a chime bar when you were a kid, dear listener, I do feel sorry for you. That's what they would have gave kids like me with no musical talent whatsoever. And he's like, over and over. And that just goes mad. And that's what it, it happens twice in the film that when he hits the big gong, that's what brings yes. up the zombie army. The, they the undead all, army. I put, yeah. Then put at various points that the zombies are skipping. Yeah, well, it's hopping. It's uh, um, hopping. Age of Vampires is hop. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, they, do. they do. Of course. Char- is that true? Yeah, it's true. Were yeah. you just making that shit up? No, it's true. Oh, is I, it? I, yeah. Um, uh, oh, okay. Asian, the Chinese vampires hop. Um, that's their part of okay. their, their tradition. Um, well, that's my ignorance. Thank you, Rob. Thank um, you for. Yeah. But I remember being so, in, a, in a pub once where there was a band had a massive gong, and I waited for the whole set. Is it Led Zeppelin for them to hit the gong at, at the end? <laughs> <laughs> Moby but, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> dick, 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 dick. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say when they find the um, because the chases uh, well, the vampires are on the horseback. They are in slow motion, and the other guy's running. Yes. That's why they don't catch up with him. But yes. when they do finally catch up with him, Which he, he sticks the gold of ram, uh, the medallion onto like a Buddhist altar. So that means that yes. they can't yes. get, get touch it because when it's on there, the they medallion. can't touch yeah. it. But then two two of them on the horseback, two slice downwards with their swords in a horizontal yeah. action, yeah. which causes uh. from two swords, which causes one single vertical cut on the man's throat. <laughs> yeah. So which I yeah. thought was a complete. Um, if continuity in this film is your biggest gripe, Cleves, you're easily yep. impressed. Um, the golden vampires at this point, I have to explain, look like something out of a mm. really bad episode of Space 1999, don't they? They, they look haggard. Yeah, just they just haggard. look like they've got Rice Krispies stuck to their face. They look, yeah. they look a bit like Alan Partridge when he dresses up as a vampire. <laughs> as a zombie. In, um, <laughs> well, and he's wearing a, a shower cape. Uh, look, I'm, it, look! It's inconsistent. It's amazing. I'm He's not. A, I'm not one of the undead. I'm Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be a flap of skin. So I have said at this, this point, untrue. who are the undead? Yeah, because I'm not mentioned really. You're just like, yeah, this huge army covered. just comes out of nowhere, We're, uh, armed with, um, you know, uh, rakes and stuff, and you're just like, who are they meant to be? Mm. And the and the sound mix. This point, I've said, is just unintelligible because I got really annoyed at this point because it is just a jumble of sounds, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? It's like awesome. There's no there, dialogue. There is, it's quite di- quite there, nightmare, there is, nightmarish. And 
w- warning listener, I am going to put on my philosophy slash religion and philosophy teacher hat. No. Mm. But what's interesting here is that the under sort of the undercut of the of the Dracula mythology is he is in yeah. with Satan in some way, shape, or form, or it, mm. something to do mm. with the devil, and that's why he always recoils at the sight of the cross. Cross, which is yeah. of course so. So what that is suggesting is that the Christian orthodoxy, the Abrahamic religions, are correct in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Mm. In this film, we see that by placing something on a Buddha, that also stops a vampire mm, yeah but then again mm. buddhism is an entirely different theological concept i know yes. i'm thinking about this way too much but it's like how comes putting something on buddha also freaks out a vampire well i did reading anno, Dr- anno dracula which i've oh, finished recently yeah. um he says that it's just su- it's just superstition on the vampire's part oh. so they're saying so, um, so if, it, if, so, if, so it's psychosomatic exactly. they're freaking themselves mm. out exactly. oh, okay right so um, some of the newer vampires who are, weren't brought up in a religious background don't yeah. have that same um, oh. thing. Mm. But, but Dracula is, is still really scared of them because of his, Interesting. his own hang-ups. You, you. In yeah. a Doctor Who, the curse of Fenric, um, yeah. it's the person's faith, not the emblem, oh. which keeps the uh, vampire away. So um, Nicholas Parsons playing um, the vicar in that story. <laughs> of um, has lost his faith in God because of the Second World War, the atrocities of the Second World War. Yes. So he becomes the victims to the vampires that break through the balsa wood. Hemovores. And polystyrene hemovores. Yes, that's correct. Mm. But um, it's uh, Ace's faith in the Doctor which saves her, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. I think so, yeah. I can't remember now. I've watched that one for a long time. Yeah, we were meant to be watching right. it for this, but then we... We decided against it. Decided against it's it. long. Yeah. It's long. <laughs> okay, so yeah, thank, you. thank you. Thank you for answering that. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, and then, yeah, so, so we learned that one of the uh, one of the seven vampires has died as a result of trying to touch his medallion, um, stop his gas, his dry ice. My medallion. Leon, his dry ice leakage problem. Um, and then with that, it comes <laughs> back to Peter Cushing going, and to this day, it is still believed that's somewhere in the massive nature of China, yeah. which goes to 1970s audiences. They would never even, they wouldn't even heard of Chinese province, provinces. <laughs> yes. So it's just that somewhere in China, this village still exists. Amazing. And then as mm. Ross said earlier, they all just go, ha ha, Christopher, not Christopher Lee, ha ha, Van <laughs> Helsing, we're off. Yeah. We're leaving. This is nonsense. Fair enough. You're a deadbeat, man. <laughs> Apart from the yeah. only man who's wearing different colour clothes, who sits there for a yes. little bit, thinks, but then leaves. And then climbs out a window at the back. Our, our Julie Egg, <laughs> for want of a better name. Yeah. Is Julie Egg and the son introduced at this point? As just, in, a, it, yes. in a second, yes. Yes. Totally flimsy, a throwaway, pointless characters, aren't characters. they? Yes. Well, yeah. what, I, what I put is this is just an interminable setup sequence. There are a couple of scenes which basically just set up the point of the film, featuring the remaining um, Chinese gentleman who says to Peter Cushing, for all it says, look, I'm fr- this is what you're talking about is from the village where I'm from. Yeah, but he yeah. doesn't say that to him in the university. He no, waits for the night no, time. Yes, that's right. <laughs> climbs, 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 I'm doing this for the sake of our listeners who yeah. don't have to go through this. So what you need to learn is, <laughs> yes, it's for real. And the story you just heard about, that's all legit. 
Th- those yes. vampires are still out there. Please come and help me kill these vampires. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is, why don't you yeah. just say that to him in that room rather than well, late yes, tonight coming climbing through his window? It's a really bad film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then we also meet. Did Van Helsing got a, a son in any other Dracula films? Are you no. aware of? Okay, so this is the no. Well, he's I got his found this interesting, isn't he? Yeah, but it's not. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So I was like, oh, okay. Now, if we're going to try and put any kind of, like like any of them make anything approaching it's a different house sex. Than that, but yes. So yes. what we learn is that there's, that the uh, piece of Cushing in Dracula AD 1972 is mm. his grandson. Yeah. Some- so therefore, the person that we're introduced to here. Mm. Is that must be Leyland. The, Leyland must be the father. Of, but must be his father. Yes. And uh, his mum yeah. must be yeah. Su Xin. He didn't look half. But Chinese. he does not. But hey, that's <laughs> right. He produced the son who looks as if he has I think no we can age. safely say that this film is non canonical. <laughs> yes. Because it all doesn't right, fit right, into okay, okay. the. the I'll, I'll um, take them. Yes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> so 30 minutes in, there has still been no kung fu in this film. Oh, <laughs> Uh, so then there is a bit of a, a fight. Um, so I have said at this point, it being interspersed with Christmas ads doesn't help. <laughs> no, because yes, I watch this on YouTube. There's yep. an awful lot of Christmas adverts that yep. make this film even more incoherent than it already is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Often halfway through a sentence, it will cut into a... <laughs> yeah. And then you cut back to Peter Cushing in a pith hat with like a long um, like, oh, silk scarf on. around it, which looks like a woman's hat. <laughs> Which I'm not saying 
you know, he shouldn't be wearing a woman's hat, but it just, it looks a bit odd, doesn't yeah. it, really? Um, so, yeah, we, um, like James, we, we meet the other um, uh, Western characters, which is um, Van Housen's uh, mm-hmm. son, son, Leyland. Um, yeah. This um, Scandinavian. Sc- yeah, we heat the British Leyland and the Scandinavian um, lady. Julie Egg. Yeah, Julie Egg. Yeah. Um, who is a. Uh, she's basically traveling around the world on adventures on her de- dead husband's money. Yeah. It's. it's- to say these characters are sketched in on the back of a fag packet is to do oh, them a lot yeah. of favours, isn't it? Um, yeah. She can barely speak English. <laughs> the guy playing British Leyland is just awful yeah. and was probably never seen again. He was probably like the yeah. milk tray man or something, wasn't he? Like, and <laughs> oh, is that who's yeah, exactly. Sons and Daughters? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Sons and I'm going to yeah. find out a little bit about sons and daughters first. So basically, um, a, a what I assumed was a, a Chinese crime boss basically mm. says, mm. "Will you come and have sex with me?" Oh, to the yeah. woman, and and the uh, Van Housen's um, son sticks up for her, uh, get, gets a rickshaw home, but then the mm. Chinese bo- uh, boss sends a load of uh, assassins, and then we have our first proper kung fu fight. Kung fu fight, and, and yeah. then yeah. the seven brothers turn up, who are um, super. Uh, Kung Fu guys have all got different powers. One of them's yep. got a uh, battle axe. Someone else has uh, got double swords. Someone's basically got like, like, a, yeah, basically like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, uh, Michelangelo. Do you want to know about sons and daughters? Yes, Lee. Always. Sons and Daughters is an Australian Logie Award-winning soap opera forward slash drama serial broadcast by The Seven Network between 1982 and 1987, produced by the Reg Grundy organisation that we all know as the producer of uh, Neighbours. And the logo was like the Crystal Um, Dome, wasn't it? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Forever slowly um, rolling towards you in a feeling of doom, (laughs) like um, Indiana Jones. Um, oh, there's a lot, there's a lot about it. <laughs> so it was created by television executive Reg Watson, who was also known for his work on Crossroads. Mm, wow. The Young Australia. Doctors and some other programs that I haven't heard of. He mm. was inspired by the glossy US primetime drama Dallas and the more down to earth, sp- down to earth spinoff, Knots Landing. Mm. So it was, it, it was the Australian version of Dallas. It, it yeah. was basically the Australian version of Dallas. Um, Sons and Daughters beige. theme tune. Yeah. The theme tune was written by partners Peter Pinney and Don Batty and was perso- performed by Mick Layton and Kerry Biddle. The full theme tune was released as a seven-inch single in the UK in 1984 and reached number 68 in the charts <laughs> and remained in the charts for three weeks. Wow. That's longer than some people are at number one, now, <laughs> isn't it? We need on to those find, sales we need figures, to find, today they'd be yeah. number one for a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Cleaver, you need to find this theme tune and put it into the... It in. um, it's, yes, it's already happened. <laughs> oh, jolly good. Jolly good. Okay, carry on. Right. Okay, so, um, yeah, this is where the, 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 we, the, the worlds collide, basically, of the, um, the young uh, uh, Westerners and the uh, uh, Van Housen. So mm-hmm. 
the the chap in white is the uh, older brother, the leader of the um, Ninja Turtles, and then we got the mm-hmm. um, the re- the rest of the team, and they all join up and basically um, say, "Well, vampires are over there, but we can't afford to go go there uh, because it's it's really far away. Files. We need loads of um, costs a lot of money. It's going to cost a lot of money. We need a lot of resources." Um, and the um, the the rich Scandinavian lady, again, we are doing really crap with people's names. Says I will. Julie Egg. said, well, I will fund this if um, you let me come along. Um, Peter Cushion. Oh, they, she said, I fast yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah Peter Cushion um, says, no, it's too dangerous for a woman. Yes, she is warned. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But then go quickly um, uh, comp- capitulated, and then yeah. off they go. And then cut to them in the middle of Hong Kong somewhere, and they are just attacked out of nowhere. Yes. No plot, no dialogue whatsoever by no people that are bandits. Yeah. And you yeah. can tell that they're bandits because their leader is is just for some reason wearing a It's fedora. the same man who tried to get the woman before. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. And I put in it, there's a lot of resources and a lot of people die in order for him to get his leg over with that woman. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, she is quite good looking, though. Yeah, well, she was, um, what was it, the, the, the new sex symbol of the 1970s, wasn't no, she? No, no, that's... No. That's Juliet. Okay, that's Juliet. Yeah. That's not what he was trying to get, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> well, he's, right. he's not trying to cop off with Peter Cushing. <laughs> In his piss helmet. <laughs> but, yes, cue what I've put down as contractually obligated kung fu sequence. As yes. they then all, all fight. Someone gets a folk pulled up with two fingers at one point. Yes. I think, does and someone get an arrow through them as well? Yeah, lots through of arrows. Hands. Yeah. Lots of and arrows, I, I put, it's nice to see what I described as the very 1980s British schoolboy playground move of the double-handed chop. Yeah, to either side of the neck. That's the one. So, dear listener, if you want to do this, take your hands, place them at a 45-degree angle, and imagine you striking them in a kung fu chop either side of somebody's neck. Yeah. That is done at least twice in this film, yeah, which I was like, get yes! killed by getting slapped. Yeah. <laughs> this, before that goes out, Cleves, you need to put a disclaimer on that. That could be very dangerous. Yes, <laughs> yes please. Any school kids listening, yeah, do, do not copy any of the moves. Um, I will have to give you a lunchtime detention yeah. if I catch it's, you It's doing like an that. extreme version <laughs> of um, Eric Morkham giving them a, a slap on the side of the yes. cheeks, isn't it? Yes, so yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah, good point. Um, right. do, do you think playgrounds are still just really rough tarmac? Yeah, so they are, mate. They, they are, are they? As, as, so as you fall, school. you get <laughs> embedded. Well, I thought your school might have gone up in the world, James. Oh, no, like, Jesus, we're broke. Yeah. Cushioned rubber or something like that, you know. Uh, no, not, not, not really. So no, you no, still no. get the, like the most grit part. under the yes. skin. Yes. You have to pick yeah, out. Yeah. If you, if you yeah. hit the ground wow. hard, yeah, there's plenty of that. someone being... Given another boy a tombstone on that on that surface before. Whoa! Yeah. What happened there, Cleves? Um, oh, uh, our school it, was rough. It was, it was all very it was all very jovial up until that yeah. point. Yeah, and then it all went all really quiet. Yeah, because the boy who just been tombstoned into the concrete yeah. stopped moving, and everyone just sort yeah. of like walked away quietly. <laughs> oh, no. You know, no one went to get any help with it. They thought, "Fuck, we're going to yes. get done." Oh. I remember a boy called Mark Bub falling splitting his head open on a on a step and then teachers coming out and leading everyone away and it was a bit like he was dead mm-hmm. and we were told to avert our eyes because he couldn't be moved <laughs> it's so terrifying i was waiting outside my um my daughter's school the other day and um oh, there's some steps coming down from a bit and one of the teachers fell down those steps <gasps> 
nice and just screamed and hit the hit the floor <laughs> oh yeah. and then she couldn't move every time she tried to move oh. she was screaming with pain oh. and, and all the children Jeez. were just sort of like walking away inside no one's going wow. to help but I'm thinking it's behind a gate, which I'd have to get buzzed in to do. So I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Eventually, a teacher came in. <laughs> so that would be worth. And again, felt this like is a sack of shit. James, they, tell the story like- of leg being late for the um the, the uh <laughs> for the coach. Ah, right. <laughs> so that's not the story I was about to tell. This is why listeners listen to love this podcast, right? Isn't it right? Forget the seven <laughs> golden vampires for a minute. Right. So Ross and I were part a large coach party that we're heading off to see a production of Macbeth as we were doing GCSE um, English and Shakespeare. Sorry, Macbeth was our Shakespeare play of one that had been picked out for us. And we had been told that we had to be at the, you know, on the coach at, you know, let's, let's say six o'clock. Mm. And as our school was at the end of a very long driveway and the other side of the driveway was Bull Stadium, which it still is to this day. And at the sort of in-between sort of demarcation point was a long fence and sort of bush area. But at the end of the sort of the, the driveway and at the end of the fence was a long sort of chain, mm-hmm. would you say, Ross? Yeah. That, that, they would, that they would uncouple during events at Pool Stadium where they had to get lots of cars out at once. Mm-hmm. So this chain was always sort of d- knee height. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. And as the coach is going along the, the, the driveway, someone goes, Running late, Ross might have to beep her name out. Yeah. Um, and, oh, she comes, oh, inevitable, oh. and she's running for the coach, waving for it to be stopped. And she goes to leap the chain and just mistimes it horribly. And I oh, can close dear. my eyes and still see it that she catches her ankle and oh. bam, face down, absolutely face, face down face on the plant. concrete. Yeah, face plant. She is in. Just a horrible state. Like, you know, there's blood everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> to, to the cheers of us. Teenagers are so lovely. And I can tell oh. you this, if someone has to work with teenagers on a daily basis, they're so lovely. The response to this was not, oh no, Julie, uh, are you all right? It was, from <laughs> <laughs> people. Yeah. You and must just going about the poor woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, but, you know, still being talked about yeah. <laughs> five years and later. On my, my one, just quickly, I was going to say, is uh, one of my colleagues, she's now retired, she fainted uh, <laughs> on the stairs at school where, where I work right now, and I caught her. I had to catch her wow. in fall. And yeah, 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 yeah. And to the, How and, high and were these stairs, James? Oof, it, was, it was a proper sort of school staircase. So I'm going to say like 12, 14 stairs. She was on about like stair eight or nine. And I Ooh. noticed her going, like, like from <laughs> left to right. The, I thought, oh, she brought the on the faint. James's yeah. hunkiness. Oh, she, she, no, <laughs> she fainted. She, she, fainted at the top of a hat. She, she fainted a couple of times. Yeah. She, she fainted a couple of times. I think they were she's a bit stressed out. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I just thought, she's going to go. And (laughs) I ran up and caught her. And yeah, yeah. Until the day she retired, she was really super great, but I could do no wrong in her eyes. Right, Cleaver's fainted. Let's hear about that. I just faint if I see my own blood. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've known you since 1989, and I don't know that. Yeah. It's amazing. Good God. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I hope you never develop psoriasis then. You (laughs) can pass it out every five minutes. Yeah, that's... I don't right, like having okay. blood taken. Um, so okay. back to the <laughs> nonsense film. After the kung fu sequence, and after the bandits are uh, thoroughly dealt with and seen off, murdered, 
Then we oh, get yeah. a squad rundown. Mm. That the man who wants Van Helsing to come to his village and rid us of yes. the seven rappers. He says, oh, well, these, these are the, here's the squad. Yeah. And sort of runs through them all. Although there's no real point because there's no further character for, to development no. of any of them. Them. Like, you, might, you might remember their names. And I think that was a bit, yes. a little bit sort of um, patronising towards it. It's a bit yeah, like when like, Elvis introduces his band or something yeah. like that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> On bass, we got Jimmy Ronnie Tums. But these are guys who have got like big axes and, and swords yes. instead, aren't yeah, they? And, then, and, and it's things, it, it's dialogue. Yes. Like, this is, this is Chen Wei. He decided to dedicate his life to the long staff. And then that's it. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whilst uh, stereotypically sort of meditating. Meditating, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there's a bit where I can't remember what happens, but all I've written is the edit with the gold bat. So there's a bit where Peter Christian is talking about a gold bat, and then it's, there's an edit where it jumps out of his hands into a fire or something. But you can see he's still talking on the cut. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. And that. it's just, it's like someone, it's like someone edited this film blindfolded with boxing gloves on, yep. and literally just like an axe. There was a and bit later on they, where Peter Christian just falls into a fire, and it looks like he's actually tripped and falls into the yes. fire. Right, <laughs> oh, well, we'll talk about that fire in a bit because yeah. they were also very at happy this point, with that fire. Yeah. Also, at this point. The sun has totally disappeared, I felt like. I felt like for about 20 minutes of the film, I didn't see him on screen at all, and I thought they'd left him behind. And then suddenly he just pops up again. Yeah, in order to perv over the um, the Chinese. And with, a, with a love interest. Yeah. Yeah, all of a sudden he's always in love with her. with her, doesn't he? Yeah. They have a weird snog, and it's just like, oh, give up. Huh? Yeah, whereas um, uh, Julianne or yeah. uh, he falls mm. in love with the, the head of the, um, the Seven Brothers. Which yes. is quite unorthodox at the time, yeah. to be fair. But, yeah, but Julia. of course, it, do, it, it doesn't end well. Yeah. Um, and then, so no. what I put is 45 minutes in, dire. <laughs> it's just my note. <laughs> it's di- Diarrhea, yeah. I'd call they, it. They then sort of carry on and they sort of drag through mainland China and then the head of the Seven <laughs> Brothers, again, sorry, character name gone, at this point, is he like, oh, look, there's these caves up ahead. We should go into these caves, aka the Shaw Brothers set. From like, yes. They go in there, they start, like, they're like, okay, we'll rest here for the night. There's a little bit kind of more romance development between the two aforementioned couples. And then lo and behold, oh my God, it's a couple of the seven vampires. It's the return of the really bad uh, vampire bats, one of whom you will notice uh, just flies into a wall. I noticed as I was watching it, one of the matters of point. There's quite a, I thought it's very basic, but quite a good um, transformation. But they sort of like, they swoop down and then just ping, no. pinging. Bang! Yeah. It's not very that's good. That's right. And then uh, one goes behind a rock yeah. pile. Some stalag tights come down. Stalagmites. Yes. Yeah. One yeah. just like disappears and then, aha, leaps out from behind the stalagmites. Look, I'm... The production values of this film aren't even up with, like, triple vision, I don't oh, think. Yeah. But they managed, to like, kill, um, they managed to kill three um, vamp- uh, seven gold vampires at this point really easily. And, they, yes. and, and I put, wake up everybody, kung fu. Yeah. And the, the, then there, a huge kung fu fight breaks out. Some of the zombie armies turn up as well. Yeah, hopping around. They're just hopping around. And what I put is there's one scene where the Swedish lady, what's her name again? Julie Egg. Egg. Julie Egg. It's just, if you look at it, she's just like resting up against the wall, just yes. watching. <laughs> looking. It's really, 
Yeah. Like, just, she's she's uh, really non-plussed. Yeah, so she's whatever. managed to strip down to a, uh, like a, a, vest. a camisole at that point, yeah. doesn't she? Um, As this fight is going on, Peter Cushing just shouts, strike at their hearts! Yeah. <laughs> and this is the information. And it's like, thanks, Peter Cushing. He's doing nothing else during Thank this God time whatsoever. While the he's Kung waving Fu a torch around at times, <laughs> isn't he? And as they do strike at their hearts, this kills off both the zombies and the vampires. Because yes. this yeah. is the other mad thing about the film, is that yeah. in one of the sequences, Peter Cushing gives them the classic, ah, uh, well, here's how you kill a vampire. You know, a stake through the heart. But then he also goes, but also a spear of silver. I'm like... <laughs> Has that ever been? Well, silver calls, that, silver calls vampire. So it's just but a like, spear of silver. So it's like, oh, well, that's an easy way to kill off a vampire because that's that's what sees off this this lot. Is yeah, but they very really easily spears. beat them. And one of them pulls his mask off to die conveniently. <laughs> oh, yeah, just to show <laughs> the it's kind best. of crappy, like piss holes in the snow for eyes that he's got that are just mm. like holes in a, a very bad rubber mask and you can see like the normal actor's eyes behind. They make, in, they make me uh, think of a film where someone looks into a, a basket and there's a de- there's a burnt baby. Is that? No. <laughs> is that an Omen film? I think it's Omen 2. You've watched some rubbish. Yeah, so I, I think it's Omen 2. <laughs> there's like a like an ash baby in, in a... You're an uh, ash baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw the drummer from Ash the other day. Oh, okay. Um, in, not, not in person, on, in a photo. And remember oh, that right. we all used to say that he looked a bit like me in college. Um, uh, yes, he yes, still yes, looks he a little bit like me. But he, because wow. he's now got long hair and a beard. And I was like, oh, wow. God, he still looks a little bit like me. At the end of the, uh, the, the, the the fight sequence in the cave, the other thing I've just put down here is that Van Helsing Jr. does this, which is yeah. the most unrealistic thing. Again, listener, you can do this at your own. If you punch somebody, the whole thing about punching somebody is that you're using the weight of your body. So that yes. James is, is, is I, I'm punches. actually doing a punch round. I, I'm doing, I, yeah. right, but what Van Helsing does is this, is that he stood still, face yeah. on, and he throws, he put, he throws both of his fists <laughs> forward simultaneously. He does like a double punch. Like a Superman. Yes. Like a like like Superman, Superman flying. flying. Or like, like Ratman. Yeah. yeah. Or like, yes, from Master of the Universe. So if you think about that, that is the most impractical and stupid punch in the world. That's up there with William Shatner just diving on the floor I'd and rolling along the really floor. I'd really intimidated doing any fighting in front of all of these kung fu guys, wouldn't you? Exactly. Like, at least um, at one point, he's got a gun out and he's like trying to shoot them. And you're like, okay, well, fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he does this rubbish like, double punch, which I'm like, well, just punch one thing. That's going to get you going to get more weight in. But anyway, anyway. And then Van Helsing gives them a rallying speech and says, look, we've just seen off three of the seven but of course we, we will fight us. them in the beaches <laughs> beaches yeah there's, we there's will some fight of that. them in the something in the streets <laughs> and he's like we've got to keep going we've got to keep going now Let, let's go and sort them out and so they get to the village and again <laughs> i feel that this is one of the things that got cut out there's nobody in this village no it's just empty now i don't know if the suggestion was is that the seven golden vampires had killed everyone and turned them into their zombie army or what yes. mm-hmm. but it's yeah, like yeah, well, yeah. that makes sense why there's no then, one here to if, defend 
yeah. what you would want yeah, it's like weird. people shuttering down and locking doors yes. and yes you know hiding away but the, the, all they do is sharpen a load of sticks yeah and dig, sticks, and dig which a trench put in like, the ground for, for and no then other, they yeah. don't do anything nothing with it yeah. because as soon as they turn up they just run outside beyond the barricade oh, yeah. It's at the door. And, and the two remarkable things is they build like a big fire pit and my God, were they happy with that fire pit? Yeah, but there's no point because there everyone There are numerous jump over scenes of people leaping over. over the fire pit. Yeah. Like a like, oh God. And then also they, they show them, try to fix kind of like the village has like an external uh, wall and yes. entrance sort of doors which have fallen off. And you, they show you them fixing the doors. And what I've put is it looks like a toddler could knock these doors yeah. over. They are like the most balsa wood creations. And it comes well, to the pass wind that they just blows run it in. Yeah. Yes. yeah, they do. They, they, just they all run get grit in their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's really oh, weird. I can't see what's happening because it's blowing a gale. <laughs> yes. So then, inevitably, what happens is that, again, you're really not missing anything, listener, if you've not watched this film, is that then the remainder of the seven golden vampires and the zombie army charge the village, cue another huge kung fu punch up. Mm. Um, but then there's some really weird stuff that happens. What I've put is that the one guy is fighting one of the seven golden vampires, basically sort of sacrifices himself. He rolls into the fire pit with him to kill him. Yeah. But, I, and what I've put is in most normal films, this would be a huge moment. Someone choosing yeah. to sacrifice it. And it's just like a throwaway yeah. moment. It's like, yeah, yeah he's dead. And he's one, dead. And there's one vampire next. just does a backflip for no reason and then dies. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't work out what happened at that point. Julie gets Britain. Yeah, but, uh, wait yeah. for it. Before he gets to that point, there's also mm. two of them fighting together, one of the vampires. And one of the vampires cuts one of the guy's hands off. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And great. then the other guy just falls over and dies. <laughs> yes. And my point is, they kind of, why they kind of die in sympathy, don't they? They're brothers, they, they their fighter technique is to always be holding hands, isn't it? Those hands. two brothers. Where they, yes. Yeah, they sort of like do it like a. Uh, a hand and holding in cutting off his hand that also oh. kills him. I was like, well, "What's that happened? Why is that? Why would that be so wow. fatal?" Yeah. But yeah, that kills him off anyway. And this, That's you're quite deep, right. Isn't it? Julie Egg then gets bitten mm. by one of the vampires. She was warned. Yeah, mm. let's just say she was it's warned for this expedition. Yeah, and then her boyfriend <laughs> keep your clothes on. Then her boyfriend goes to try and help her. Help her and kills then- the vampire. Well, all the people of the village. Maybe these are the village people, not the village people, but some of the people from the village sort of turn up and start sort of just, they club the vampire to death into, again with farming Literally tools. mush, into mush, don't they? Into mush, yes. have that. It's weird. It's all very strange. Yeah, but then when and Julia, then, um, she goes to bite her uh, her Chinese boyfriend and yes. he pushes her him. onto one of, oh, she does bite him as well. She, yes. she, she bites him. She does. Bite him. Him. She, she does. But he pushes then, her onto a and stake. And then Van Helsing shouts, you must destroy her! Yeah. You know, she's, she's not human anymore. And so he pushes her onto a big bit of sharpened bamboo and then realises that himself has been bitten. The same thing will happen to him. So he then puts himself yeah. onto the bamboo moving, too point, in a quite weird, dark... <laughs> and all I put is the lighting at this point. It, that whole sequence is quite good. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the that The dark lighting is there. It's it, it, quite good. Yeah. That's that's very weird, and I've just put. They were very very pleased with people jumping over flames so in this the, film. So the, it happens a lot. Wait, finally, Van Helsen runs off to the uh, to the, the the house where well, it's like a large kind of citadel, isn't the it? The Chinese lady who Van Helsing's son has fallen in love with gets abducted and taken back to the pagoda. I yeah. think you'll find it. The the pagoda, which is very or obviously pagoda, there, not a citadel, there, or, or the citadel, whatever you want to call it. Their HQ. <laughs> she goes to get tied up um 
Van Helsing's son runs up there, starts fighting the, the, the vampire that's oh, yes, taken that's her up right. there. And while yeah. he's fighting her... <laughs> taken her up there. <laughs> exactly. Um, he, uh, Van Helsing then turns up, stabs him in the back with a, with a silver spear, once again, just stabbing people with spears in this film kills him. He falls into the big yeah. load of Tizer. Yeah. Yeah. Bubbles away. And just, uh, just evaporates in the big load yeah. of Tizer. And then he then sort of takes out. Wait for it. He takes her out with the other like yeah. remaining brother, the, the like the archer brother who's mm-hmm. still alive. Mother from and, another brother. Yeah. And so they're, they're gone, thus leaving Peter Christian just hanging around. And then with that, aha, it's the last remaining <laughs> brother who is actually, exactly, who is Dracula. And then he's like, I know who you are, Dracula. Are you afraid to face me? And then we get not Big Chris Lee. He transforms back, not on the rotunda of doom this time. He doesn't get on like the little turntable no. and transform back like that. He just kind of and says, oh, I'm going to get yeah. you Van Helsing. And then it's the weakest fight these two characters have it ever had. It is the had. worst he, fight scene ever, yeah. He just chases after him and as Ross says, just trips up and literally just falls onto Van Helsing's spear. The end. And as we all know, with Hammer yeah. movies, there will yeah. be no coda. There will be end. No. That is the end of the film. <laughs> the end. Roll, roll <laughs> credits. Wow. Wow, that, exactly. That, that was it. Was hard going recapping that because there wasn't much, much, much to it. Well, there's no what, dialogue. Normally, there's no story. No, normally, we jump over bits, ladies yeah. and gents. But the, on this occasion, you've literally heard how the film is. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we watched it, so you don't have, have to, to yeah, deal have to. That. And my final note is: ninety minutes of my life that I won't get back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I get run over by a bus tomorrow, I will be oh, really pissed off. No, if that's the last film you've ever seen. Oh, man. That- <laughs> so this is the, um, the only time where talking about the film has made me downgrade my score, whereas normally <laughs> it makes me upgrade my score. Wow. <laughs> I, what was your score? It was going to be one, oh. just because, it, because of the bit with the um with the, the zombies coming up, which I thought was quite good. So I am now giving this a zero. I think this is the only film yeah. I've ever given a zero. It, yeah, it, it it was. It's just not worth watching. I thought I no. thought like there might be some charming in like two cultures yeah, clashing it, together, but it's no. not. It's just the worst of both. I remember in the 90s that people would go on to me about watching things like a police story and things yes. on VHS. So I would go to, uh, on Richmond Road in Cardiff, there was a very good uh, video store, uh, which had a cave uh, effect Ooh. made of f- fiberglass, which was full of horror films and world cinema. Mm. And then I'd get out, say, police story or, you know, X film, go home and watch it. And I'd be like, this is just shit <laughs> like why do people see this as a cult film it's just rubbish because i saw on youtube watching it that someone said this is better than the last two hammer dracula films which is ad 1972 and satanic rights of dracula whoever That's wrote that true. is an imbecile mm. and they this have is not- developmental problems <laughs> because this film is just but say what you really think john <laughs> it's just it's mediocre. 
Yes. I can't believe that this had a general release. Yeah. And, and, and I think... Knowing what when, Christopher Lee would do for money and the fact yes, that he turned yeah. this down. He'd be, in it, he'd be in it. And I think that it just shows that um, Hammer at that point really was... Um, they deserve to fail, which I've never really thought before. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why I've avoided this film, you know, because yeah. they, they, they made more money for a long time make, uh, uh, doing things like um, Beyond the Buses films and the Steptoe films. They made more than the horror films. Mm. And when, when you look at this, you realise why, don't you? Because yep. it is absolutely terrible. Yep. Mm. And this is, it's not, it's, this isn't the, the film that I've disliked the most strongly, but this is the worst film we've watched. Yes, it's definitely the worst. Oh, yeah, easy. Um, yeah. I don't dislike this as much as Hellraiser or the Rats. The Rats was the worst um, um, score thing we've ever done, by the way. It was. Wasn't it? <laughs> it's out, yeah, it's well, outperformed every other podcast by hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Right. John, what did you give maybe this? Maybe this. I would give this. What's my worst score? Oh, there uh, we go. That's right. Right. Is that the rats? Yeah. Probably the rats or Hellraiser or um it, it was the rats. That's what what was that uh, the stupid thing we watched with the action man in it? Uh, uh extra. Uh, so you- <laughs> <laughs> the thing we watched with the action man in it. Yeah. That's all and, you and need to know. Feel. Yeah. <laughs> Loopy. <laughs> yeah, go on. John, you gave the rats minus ten. I'd say this is minus 9.5. Okay. Just to be fair. Extra gave minus nine. So there we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough then. Yeah. Minus 9.5. James, what are you going to give this? Just because of there were the idea of the Dracula or, you know, they could command zombies in some way, shape or form. And for, as always, the athleticism of some of the Kung Fu performers, 0.5. 0.5. It's getting (laughs) 0.5. Point five. Just for those. Was... Point five. Yeah. So, so it's just... not a one. It's not going to, I wouldn't recommend that anybody watch this. It's really uh, not worth it. No, no, no. I wouldn't Even recommend Even if it's a novelty, it's really not worth watching. But as always, no, it's not very a much aware that, is it? That, that, just, but it's like people have worked on this. People have put some degree. Whereas things like, you know, even Extro, I think. Did I give yeah. Extro zero? I think that might have been a zero. <laughs> so, if you compare this think, to something like um, Deadline, uh, oh. James, you gave extra zero, yes. Yeah, yeah. So mm. it's it's marginally better you, than you extra. You've given the same it's, score it's not... as the abominable Dr. Fibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah same, I think same. it's on a par with yeah. the unwatchably boring and Bore. stupid. Yeah. There's something in it. It was like, okay, well, there's a degree of crisis. As I said, like in terms of stage, like Fibes was stage design and things such yes. as that, but it's like, no, I can't. This has nothing to recommend. No. <laughs> no. It's not even Big Chris Lee. No. Come on. No. So, like Peter Cushion, the only reason you might want to watch this is if your wife died and you, had, you needed something to do that you could watch this film. <laughs> oh, dear. Or oh, you're a big fan of Julie Egg. Yeah. Uh, Whatever her name is. So, for something horrific, is there anything which people would like to discuss, which they've read, done, watched, Loads. since we last saw? Oh, James, what have you got for us? James Randall's well, got something. I have. I've got, I've got actually several things, so we're good for like the next few podcasts, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Save one I've been meaning up, to... 
I am. Uh, this one I mean, <laughs> really to talk about for ages is that every time I finish, I go into my bedroom and see the stack of books. And I'm like, oh, shit, I've, I've totally forgot to talk about that. Over the summer, uh, when I went to Hay on Y, I went to an amazing bookshop in Hay on called the Cinema Bookshop, which is an old mm-hmm. cinema, which is, and it's huge, ginormous, vast. It's almost like, you know, the, uh, the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, cavernous. <laughs> um, numerous different secondhand booksellers have sort of taken up in there. Um, and they've just got books and on everything. And while I was in there for a whacking three quid for the purposes of this podcast, I picked up and I felt it was calling to me. Mm. There's only like three books on this shelf. And one of them was the psyche adventures of Derek. It may well have been calling you. (laughs) It it, it may well have been calling me. And of course, Derek, as we've mentioned before, we're all of us to varying degrees are strangely either obsessed or entertained by most haunted. And the, Late nineties, early noughties, Yvette Fielding, UK Living, t- was this? It was the uh, satellite TV channel featuring them do basically fake ghosts, which was ironic considering it was about fake. <laughs> <laughs> Derek was the the mainstay of the show. Yes. for its for, for its early it success, shit when he left, basically. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah, and so this book is basically him talking about his psychic adventures, and there, there's, there, there's there, of course, there's jewels on every page, and I just thought, give me in mind what our some of our interests are. I thought I'd share with you and our listener tonight the subchapter Jack the Ripper. <laughs> the East End of London <laughs> in the late 19th century was one of the most disreputable <laughs> areas of the city. And the Whitechapel districts was witness to a series of horrible murders. It was to be the job of the ISPR team to uncover the identity of the murderer, who was known only as Jack. Donald Rumbelow, historian and Ripper expert, was invited to join the team on the investigation. Although Jack the Ripper had been credited with the murder of six women at different locations, credited as an in inverted comment, uh, we yes. would be visiting just two of those sites. It would be Donald's job to authenticate any information team members might use. The first place the team was taken to was Mitre Square. Today, this is a pleasant flagged area where people may sit and enjoy a sandwich during a summer lunch break. They may. Although one (laughs) side of the square runs a schoolyard in which children play. However, the cheery (laughs) sounds of a lunchtime game of football faded as I concentrated on opening myself up to the energies of the infamous events taken place essentially earlier oh, I allowed that's what he told the place he was doing outside the paper. I allowed myself <laughs> to drift back inside the April sunshine disappeared as the square darkened and it became nighttime. it was oh. quiet although I could hear some shouting and merriment coming from a nearby hostelry oh. a woman's raucous laughter echoed out of the darkness the name <laughs> Catherine came into my mind and could come into the mind of any human being who had ever even read anything to do with Jack the Ripper, ever. No, it doesn't say that, sir. Clairvoyantly, I could see a woman dressed in dark, shabby clothing. Wisps of graying hair. This is amazing. Wisps of graying hair could be seen straying from underneath a greasy bonnet. She had the rattled features of someone who is no stranger to drink. Just like Derek himself, who I, was I always said. Say, knows always, a lot about uh, as I always said, he always looked like he just got out of a hot bath for every CAP I knew that she was the victim of the infamous Jack the Ripper, and Catherine was her name. As I allowed myself to come forward to the present, 
notice a bench not six feet away from me. I walked over and touched it. This is the spot! <laughs> I shouted to Dr. Munce. This is where Kathleen's life was taken from her. Although the bench had been placed in the square at a much later date, I was able to use it to pick up the residual energies of the woman's dying moments. I could feel the dread and heart-stopping fear she'd experienced. I was overcome by the stench of blood and something which I could not oh. describe, which was horrible, offensive. I could also tell Dr. Monster that Kathleen had not been the first of the victims of this wild creature's victim. But by the time he met her, Jack the Ripper was a seed killer. And then as I oh. stood contemplating the spot, I became of another name. Lily! Elizabeth! I said, she was a victim too. There were two killings on the same night. Which, once again, uh, if you've read anything yeah. to do with Jack the Ripper, you were just like... Well, if you beat so on we'll the Jack on the Ripper tour, which you probably have tour, been. you will know this. Yeah. yeah. And then go on a couple more pages where he talks about this sort of nonsense. And then it says... Dr. Montz, who was with him, can you describe the person responsible for the murders? Dr. Montz asked me. I feel that there were two people responsible. I said. Two? I feel that this was a copycat murder. Oh. Uh. The man responsible for most of the murders is tall and slim. Not heavy set at all. In his thirties. Oh. He has strong crease marks down the side of his face with high cheekbones. He has dark hair with touches of grey to the sides. And he definitely has facial hair. He oh. carries a pocket watch and seems to be constantly conscious of the time. He certainly isn't a poor working man. The person I'm talking about is used to mixing with the aristocracy. And I feel he could have some connection with royalty. And a name? Question, Dr. Monts. Sadly, no. <laughs> On this occasion, I was not being impressed with the name of the man who That's became shame, known as Jack the Ripper. So there you go. That whole chat uh, yeah. is basically him saying, I can't, I rem- I can't remember, remember the, the name from the, from the book I read. So. I could see a man who had facial hair. Well, that narrows him down in Victoria, Britain. And he's yeah. slim. He's in his thirties. Like, how? What percentage of Victorian men? <laughs> oh, brilliant! Cheers, Derek. So there's a whole book of that, quite frankly. I did but feel I just, like you maybe were challenging. Um, I, but, well, yeah, I felt like sometimes I feel that I was in contact yeah. with him. Yeah. Like, Derek. No, no, no. That that is him. It, not, he's Dell, isn't he? Um, what? Yeah. Sammy. 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 His Native American uh, spirit. Yeah, well, who was he's probably now Sam. looking for a new. Um, <gasps> a new host, isn't he? Well, yeah, I'm, Sammy, I'm approachable. Yeah. I'm approachable to appear on UK Living and grab Yvette Fielding and just shout, <laughs> I shout at her face. Yeah. Or Mary John's exactly. Or John's particular favourite, Zach Bagan. I, you know, they like English people, don't they? Things like you know, I can pretend do. that I. Oh, I'm getting the signals. Oh, oh. What's just happened to me? Oh, I'm so dizzy. Oh, guys, did, did something happen to it's me? Coming. Just, see, it's I, coming. It's in the tree. I, I did it, see that Zach Bagans tweeted the other day that one of his British friends, who I think was called Lady Serpent, had recently passed away. Oh, very oh, sad. Which was very sad. Um, she's in the um, absolutely classic episode where they go to the... Um, I think it's called the Old Ram Inn in Gloucester, <laughs> and um, they meet a guy Fred in there. Freddie's the Ram Inn up there as well. Isn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. Cut that out. Um, they meet an old guy in there who's got like mad curly ginger hair, and he's wearing like yep. a biker jacket, and he sleeps yep. on a couch basically. 
Uh, it's an amazing episode. And then this woman comes in who's called something serpent. Carry on and I'll find her name. <laughs> Ross, have you had anything horrific this month? Oh, something um, I would say I finished reading Anna Dracula and it it gets much better you uh, as I read it through. Okay. I, I still think there's a huge amount of um, references, which I wasn't getting. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it. Um, and I didn't realize it had a huge, like sort of glossary and sort of additional oh. notes and all that kind of stuff at the end. So yeah, I was about, I would say four fifths into the book and it just, and it ended. Um, <laughs> And it was, it was like oh, so many hammer foods. I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, got all this stuff afterwards. And I, I haven't got around to reading any of that stuff. But it was, what, it was worth reading. And um, uh, it gets really good at the end. Although, yeah, it's just, it is just a book of Victorian cam- uh, cameos. Um, you mm, know, John okay. Merrick turns up at one point and says, oh, yes. yeah. But it was enjoyable. And I probably will read um, the sequels Sequel. at some point. Yeah. John, you got anything to share with us? Uh, I, well, I'm just trying to find the lady's name that passed away. Um, and it's just lots of people tweeting about um, Zach Bagans has got a million followers. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I think we should try and get a, a retweet from Zach Bagans yeah. about the podcast. Um, <laughs> Before Twitter explodes and dies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm saddened to hear that Wendy mm. Binks, a.k.a. Lady Snake, has passed. <laughs> She did unforgettable investigation rituals ceremonies with us on GA since we first started, and she was all, always so incredibly kind. R.I.P. Lady Snake. This episode then, of Jim Witch Riders is dedicated to, to Lady, Lady Snake. Snake. And then it, there's a picture of a look with Zach oh. and um, Aaron. Very nice. So she's, she's British. Mm, she was British. Mm. So, um, and she, she's in some great episodes. One where they go into the Hellfire Tunnels as well, somewhere in Ireland, the Hellfire Club. And um, there's some weird shit going down there. But the main one is the something, is it the Ancient Ram Inn in Gloucester? (laughs) Gloucester. (laughs) (laughs) The Ancient Ram Inn. Yeah. (laughs) I think everyone should try and watch that episode if they can, because it's like... We could always always watch it. Yeah, we should maybe we should try and watch that one. It's like Zach Bagans and the team, and then it's a load of people with Gloucestershire accents who obviously just think they're American if idiots. Is, if it is based in England, we could legitimately watch it as part of our. That's an excellent yes. point, Cleves. I think yeah. we should watch yeah, that. Well, one. maybe we yeah. can do that. In the new, that could be our New Year special. Yeah, okay. New Year special. Yeah. <laughs> we can yeah. ring in the New Year with that. Um, I've been reading, my something horrific is that I've been reading the short stories of Susan Hill, who is the writer of TV and films, The Lady in Black. Black? Yes. The Woman in Black. Um, Very good short stories, actually, and I would recommend them. Um, I believe that at some point we're going to try and do The Woman in Black, Cleves. Mm. Is that correct? Yeah, I wanted to do the... uh I wanted to do the Daniel Radcliffe one. You wanted to do the um, ITV one. So yes, the yeah. one that really. Well, I think we should try out. and con- compare and compare. Yes, compare. compare. Um, Susan Hill. <laughs> Susan Hill, yeah. And um, I've also been reading um, some Charles Dickens ghost stories, which are very oh, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's. I just I just read short stories really. Mm. So that's all I've got this week.
Um, next time will be either just before or just after Christmas. So I'm suggesting we do another BBC Ghost Stories for Christmas. Are you guys up yep. for that? Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I'd, um, we could watch, I thought, because we did two last time and it worked quite mm-hmm. nicely because they're quite short. So uh, Whistle and I come with you. Um, <laughs> come with you. I'll come so with you. Wow. Whistle and I will it's come a different to you. Film. Um, the yep. original one, not the John Hurt one. Yes. Um, which that's the one John watched by mistake last time. So um, Michael Holden, and I'll rewatch it. <laughs> re-watch it. And uh, Stigma, which is the one um, you've talked about lots of times on this podcast, John. Yes. So I thought we should watch that one. Which is one I'd of, say that they're the first and last canonical ones yes. for that thread because the Ice House is uh, after Stigma. The, the Ice House is really very poor. So mm. I was very lucky to find <laughs> uh, to get the box set of this in a charity shop recently. So um, it's good to actually watch it on good um, good quality. Good quality. So, yes, without the Michael Holden one is superb. Okay, yeah, without Christmas ads. <laughs> okay, brilliant. So next time. We'll be doing BBC Ghost Stories for Christmas with Whistle I will come to you and Stigma. Brilliant. Okay, until next time. Thank you for listening. Thank everyone. you very much. Thank you for enjoying you. Um, <laughs> this podcast about one of the worst films we've ever seen. And we'll see you next time. Bless Stay safe, everyone. everyone. Thank Happy you. day. Bye. You have been listening to The General Witchfinders. <laughs>
Signs of the Vampire. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 